Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, President Biden visits U.S. troops near the border of Ukraine as we're learning the latest details from the Defense Department about Putin's new game plan amid a Russian weapons shortage. The commander-in-chief tonight, 50 miles from the Ukrainian border. Hey, fellas, how you doing? eating pizza with the thousands of young men and women protecting NATO's eastern flank. The surprise announcement tonight in hopes of stopping Putin's war. Harrowing escape. The news from that theater attacked in hard-hit Mariupol. 300 people were killed, but more than 600 made it out alive. Tonight, we're with citizen soldiers as they train to defend Ukraine. Supreme scrutiny, day two of a CBS News Washington Post investigation into the wife of a Supreme Court justice and her efforts to overturn the 2020 election. Amusement park death, how a 14-year-old fell from an Orlando thrill ride. Car production paused. Tonight's supply chain issues will force two Indiana plants to stop making trucks, minivans, and SUVs. What it means for thousands of workers. The game we've all been waiting for. Can the March Madness Cinderella story make history tonight? And on the road with the cancer patient who was touched by an angel. Bring your tissues for this one. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us on this Friday night. President Biden is in Poland preparing for what's being billed as a major speech tomorrow on the state of the war in Ukraine and the humanitarian crisis. Today, the president met with his Polish counterpart and thanked the nation that has welcomed about two thirds of the nearly four million Ukrainian refugees. 
President Biden spent time with members of the Army's 82nd Airborne Division stationed near the border with Ukraine as a show of force to Vladimir Putin. There's also some big news tonight about the effort to further isolate Russia. The U.S. and the European Union unveiled a deal to diminish Europe's reliance on Russian energy. And it comes as we're learning that Putin may be shifting strategy, focusing on control of eastern Ukraine and stopping the fight for the capital, Kiev, for now. Also new tonight, the Russians are low on precision-guided missiles, and its military has lost half a dozen generals. So we've got a lot to cover tonight, starting with CBS's Nancy Cordes in Warsaw. Good evening, Nancy. Good evening, Nora. The U.S. has now stationed more than 9,000 troops here in Poland. And President Biden came here to thank them and to steal them for what could be a prolonged mission here on NATO's eastern flank. President Biden came within 50 miles of the Ukrainian border today and said he wished he could get closer. Thank you very, very much for all you do. He stopped in Jeshev, Poland, to share a slice with members of the 82nd Airborne, who are part of the massive aid effort in this town that has now become a processing point for tens of thousands of Ukrainian refugees. We sent the best, the best available of America, and that's all of you. 3.7 million people have fled Ukraine in the past month. More than half of them have come here to Poland. Channel 2 is English. Today, the Polish president referred to them as guests. President Biden called Vladimir Putin a war criminal, intent on causing civilian suffering. It's not stopping. It's like something out of a science fiction movie. You turn on the television and see what, the, what these towns look like. President Biden flew to Poland from Brussels, where earlier today he announced a plan to supply European countries with more liquefied natural gas to help reduce their reliance on Vladimir Putin's supply. He's used the profits to drive his war machine. The Defense Department said today it's seen the first indications of Russian troops being moved to Ukraine from the former Soviet Republic of Georgia. What's the significance of those troops coming from Georgia? Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby is traveling with the Defense Secretary here in Poland. The significance uh, is that Mr. Putin is having the need now to reinforce the forces that he has put inside Ukraine. Um, and, uh, you know, he arrayed more than 100 battalion tactical groups, uh, more than 150,000 troops uh, since last fall to conduct uh, this unprovoked war. The fact that he is now considering his resupply options from outside uh, of Ukraine tells us that uh, that he knows that uh, it's not going so well for him and that he needs to, to bolster his efforts. Tomorrow, President Biden will meet with refugees here in Poland and he'll deliver a speech here in Warsaw that his aides say is designed to reassure the Polish people that the U.S. is committed to helping with the huge humanitarian challenge the country is suddenly facing. Nora? Nancy Cordes, thank you. We've got more now on that change of strategy for Russia. A senior Pentagon official tells CBS News the Russian ground offensive against the Ukrainian capital of Kiev appears to have stopped. But the assault from the air across the country is unrelenting. And it comes as we learn about the devastating consequences of an attack on a shelter at Mariupol. CBS's Holly Williams is in Ukraine. 
Around 300 people are now believed dead after Russia's bombing of a theatre in Mariupol last week. Hundreds had taken shelter there, including many women and children. The word children was even painted in Russian on the ground outside. But nowhere in Ukraine is safe from Russia's brutal assault. And that's spurring tens of thousands of ordinary Ukrainians, young and old, to sign up to fight. At this military base, we found new recruits coming to grips with an anti-aircraft weapon, getting schooled on this heavy machine gun and learning to fire mortars. Officers here told us they'll only get around one week's basic training before heading to the front line. In the armory, they told us they're receiving weapons from NATO countries. Ah, uh, hand grenades. Wow. The officer in charge wouldn't show his face Where for security reasons. They're stocked with RPG rockets, AK-47s and heavier weapons. This sniper rifle, made in Tennessee, arrived with directions in English. Well, you'll figure it out. The Ukrainians are still outgunned, but against all odds, they're clawing back territory from the Russians and destroying their military hardware. Yes! Including around the capital, Kiev. One, two, three, four Russian tanks taken out. And in the skies, there's another David and Goliath battle. Ukraine has a fraction of Russia's air power, but these videos appear to show not only interceptions, but downed Russian aircraft. We are motivated because uh, we are defending uh, our land, our cities, our families, our children. So um, it's our mission. This Ukrainian fighter pilot is hiding his identity because he fears he could be targeted by Russia. But his call sign is Juice, given to him when he trained with the US Air Force. He says Ukraine's fighter jets are outdated and they desperately need F-15s and F-16s from America. Sometimes you can see the enemy, but you can, can't do anything. Your people are on the ground and they're waiting that you will stop the threat and you, you, you just, you're not able to do this. In another sign that Russia's invasion may have stalled, U.S. defense officials now confirm that five or six Russian generals have been killed in Ukraine since this war began just over a month ago. Nora. Holly Williams in Ukraine, thank you. Whenever the war finally ends, this generation of Ukrainian children will bear its scars. Those not hiding in shelters or bombed-out homes with no electricity, heat or water are running for their lives. CBS's Imtiaz Tayeb reports from Lviv. No child should ever have to endure such a harrowing escape to safety. And yet, just one month into Russia's invasion, over half of all children across Ukraine, 4.3 million of them, have had to flee their homes. At train stations around the country, the most agonizing goodbyes. As so many families are torn apart by Vladimir Putin's war. Outside the station in Lviv is where millions of Ukrainians begin their journey abroad as refugees. And yet, kids are still kids, despite the trauma. James Elder is from UNICEF. It scars kids, and the longer this goes on, the more likely you get long-term issues, which we know long-term issues are, are mental health issues, they're development issues. Many internally displaced families have found shelter in schools. At one in Lviv, we meet 13-year-old Anastasia, who traveled over 700 miles to get here with her dad and little brother. 
I come from Melitopol, where there were a lot of Russian soldiers, she says. We traveled by train for two and a half days to get here. Anastasia says the hardest thing about leaving home was saying goodbye to her grandmother. Things are really tough right now, but you're still smiling. Because of my dad, she says. A strength being asked of too many of Ukraine's most vulnerable. Imtiaz Tayyip, CBS News, Lviv. Women and children bear the brunt of war. Back here in Washington, Justice Clarence Thomas was released from the hospital after a week of treatment for an unspecified infection. Meanwhile, there are more questions tonight regarding Thomas's wife, conservative activist Ginny Thomas, and her efforts to overturn the 2020 election. CBS's Robert Costa has more on his exclusive report. Ginny Thomas's stunning exchanges with former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows have the attention of the January 6th committee. Several members tell CBS News they want her to talk to the committee and will issue a subpoena if necessary. The extraordinary text messages show her encouraging Meadows to fight to overturn the election. Citing Trump allies who are gathering evidence of fraud, Thomas wrote Meadows on November 19th. Make a plan and save us from the left taking America down. I am absolutely appalled and astonished. Connecticut Democrat Richard Blumenthal called the text shocking. Should the American people be alarmed? The American people ought to be deeply alarmed. Thomas's outreach may have gone further than just Meadows. In one text to him, she writes, just forwarded to your Gmail an email I sent Jared. It's not clear who she's referring to. Jared Kushner, the president's son-in-law, was another top aide. Hopefully our legislatures and the United States Supreme Court will step forward and save our country. As the president was falsely claiming the election was rigged, and that the high court should get involved, Thomas was associated with a group, the Council for National Policy, that was working to pressure Republican lawmakers to challenge the election results. Once that effort had failed, and President Biden's election was certified with then-Vice President Pence presiding, Thomas wrote to Meadows, We are living through what feels like the end of America. Most of us are disgusted with the VP. Thomas, who recently acknowledged she attended the January 6th rally in front of the White House, but said she had nothing to do with the insurrection, has publicly denied any conflict of interest between her activism and her husband's work. But the text message revelations have raised the question of whether Justice Thomas should recuse himself from any cases related to the investigation. House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy was asked about that today. No, I think I think. Justice Thomas could make his decisions like he's made them every other time. It's his decision based upon law. And Robert is here with us. So what happens next? There are growing calls on Capitol Hill from Democrats for Justice Thomas to recuse himself from any cases related to January 6th. And keep an eye on next Monday. The House January 6th committee comes back to Washington on the table based on CBS News reporting, a possible subpoena for Ginny Thomas. Wow. We'll be watching Robert Costa. Incredible reporting. Thank you. Thank you. Well, tonight, the death of a 14-year-old boy is sending shockwaves through Orlando, Florida, the theme park capital of the world. The boy, who is being remembered as a gentle giant, fell from a new ride billed as the tallest freestanding drop tower in the world. We do want to warn you that video from the scene is disturbing. Here's CBS's Manuel Bohorkas. 
Before the Orlando Freefall ride at Icon Park lifted these riders last night, one appeared to question the seat restraints. And as it lifted, a worker said this. Hey, you take the seatbelt on left side. Seatbelt. No. The ride appears to have only an over-the-shoulder harness that locks riders into place as it descends 75 miles per hour. But last night, as it dropped for more than 400 feet, a rider came off the seat and fell to his death. Orange County's sheriff identified him as Tyree Sampson. He was 14 years old. He was visiting uh, from his home in Missouri with another family here in Central Florida. This photo posted on social media appears to show Samson before the start of the ride. John Stein is with Slingshot Group, which owns the ride. Uh, we are deeply saddened and sorry. He says the ride, which opened about three months ago, is designed to only operate if riders are locked in. What possibly could have gone wrong? And it's very difficult to say. Uh, the way the ride is designed with all the safety features and redundancy, there shouldn't be an issue. Icon Park says it's doing everything it can to cooperate with authorities as they investigate. Manuel Bojorquez, CBS News, Miami. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Supply chain issues are grinding gears in the auto industry. A General Motors plant in Fort Wayne, Indiana, can't get enough computer chips for its Chevy Silverado and GMC Sierra pickup trucks, so it's shutting down for two weeks in April. Some workers will receive only 75% of their pay. And a Toyota plant in Princeton, Indiana, is pausing production for five days next month because of supply chain problems. Workers will have the option of performing other jobs to continue being paid. The St. Peter's University men's basketball team of Jersey City, New Jersey, looks to continue its Cinderella run tonight with the Sweet 16 of the NCAA tournament. The Peacocks will take on the Purdue Boilermakers at the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia. If they win, St. Pete's would be the lowest-seeded team ever to make the Elite Eight. The game is coming up right after the CBS Evening News, and I can tell you, yep, we are going to be watching. If the pandemic has proven anything, it's that nurses are the heart and soul of our country's healthcare system, with an emphasis on heart. And if you need even more proof, here's CBS's Steve Hartman on the road. Trisha Summers swore she met an angel. As we first reported in 2014, Trisha was in this hospital in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, when in walked a nurse. Before she even said anything, I just felt comfort. It was almost like somebody just put like a warm blanket on me. That's quite a nurse. Yes. I've never felt anything like that before or any other connection with anybody else. <laughs> this is that angel. I really enjoy the job. I like it a lot. Aww. Her name is Trisha too. Trisha Seaman. Over the years, she has been praised by many. But no patient has ever given her a greater compliment than Trisha Summers did. Okay. The single mom with an eight-year-old son named Wesley 
had just found out her cancer was terminal. You know, what do you say to somebody? She's 45 years old. So I just gave her a hug, and she said, I have something that I need to ask you. I blurted it out. What did you say? Can you take my son? Will you raise him if I die? You didn't know her that well. Mm-mm. She was a stranger. Nevertheless, Mwah. Trisha Seaman, her husband, Aww. and their family agreed. And that's where we left this story. Wesley's mom died not long after. And now eight years have come and gone. Wesley, looking back now, what do you think of your mom's decision? I think it was the only thing she could think to do, really. And I'm thankful every day that she made that decision. Happy birthday. Wesley just turned 16. Oh, my God. He has his learner's permit. Before his mom died, she bought gifts for Wesley to open as he got older. Most recently, a keychain for when he gets his first car. In small ways like that, nurse and patient are still raising the boy together, and their teamwork seems to be paying off. Trisha says Wesley is a straight-A student and model child. He's exceptional, but the most important thing is he just has such a kind and loving heart. Really, how could he not? He's been touched by angels. Steve Hartman, CBS News, on the road. Two wonderful mothers with a heart of gold. Sunday on Face the Nation, guests include Republican Congressman Adam Kinzinger, former U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Ivanovich, and former Republican Congressman Will Hurd. Well, thanks for joining us for tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in our nation's capital. We leave you with this beautiful picture of the cherry blossoms. Have a good weekend. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.